Thank you, Richard, for joining the We Don't Play podcast show today. How are you? I'm doing great, Favor. I'm so happy to be here and to share some ideas with you and your amazing audience. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited that you're here because you're going to bring a lot of information packed to our conversation today, especially for entrepreneurs and business owners, homeowners who are listening and want to learn more about how they can expand their business, how they can, you know, literally go outside their box and think outside the box and do more things that will benefit them in the future. So your story is going to be very impactful and I can't wait to hear it. Of course. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. The, the story begins in Northeast Philadelphia. So when I graduated the proud Abington High School back in 91, I decided to double down on second languages. Mm-hmm. So I went to University of Arizona, Spanish communication major. And at 27 years old, I was given a one in a million opportunity to move to Costa Rica and work at my friend's call center. So I decided to stay, make a life here for myself. And here we are 22 years later. Wow. When you, when you made that move, what were you thinking about? Like, what were the decisions that were going through your mind as you were making that decision? No, you could look at it the mature and the immature way, <laughs> favor. So let's look at the immature way. I always wanted to leave a castle, slay a dragon, and save a princess. So <laughs> all of us wanted to have some adventure in life. But secondly, I knew I was prepared for it. I spent my junior year abroad in Spain. So I was used to being an expat and being far from my home. I took enough time to understand and master Spanish so I could acclimate and, and transform myself into this sort of society here and make it easier for myself. And also I decided a place that has beautiful weather. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like I was going to Siberia. No offense, <laughs> but I definitely wanted to live in some tropical area where it would be a beautiful lifestyle. In fact, they say pura vida in Costa Rica. That's their phrase. It means pure life in Spanish. And so what I was able to do, my friend, was shed some skin. In my late 20s, I was able to take this opportunity and make the most of it. And sometimes you might need to get past your parents or family's guilt to make certain decisions. But I knew I was making a decision that felt right for me because there was really no natural resistance to it. I was just, once again, given this opportunity and my intuition told me to take it. Great. And now that you are there, tell us more about the business part of it. Like, how did you transition from you know one state to the other or one country to the other and really build out that tenacity which you are applying today for your business growth that's why we don't play such a great show (laughs) that's a wonderful question how about this when i came down to costa rica i did not start off at sea level i was working in my friend's center unfortunately and in a very generous way they almost gave him my graduate school. By working amongst the local Costa Ricans, and this was also the first time I got to see the insides of a call center, so it shatters any sort of misconceptions people may have because of what they see in Hollywood or the calls they receive during dinner. But I got to see the artist speech, especially with bilingual agents. I myself was able to go through specific departments such as sales and retention, customer support, training, onboarding, human resources, Even your affiliate management, which focuses heavily on SEO and things like that. And so once again, I was given such an opportunity to learn the business. Now, call centers have a certain rap to them. There is an attrition, a burnout, 
But I myself, not only did I survive, but I thrived. Almost like an old gladiator. He didn't kill me in the Coliseum. Not only did I learn the business, but after four years of working with my friend, I believe that I cracked some codes in regards to empathy and dignity, and also having some maturity and impulse control. I decided to put my hat in the ring and I had the figure for it. So in my mid thirties, I decided to start slow and steady by renting a turnkey station at a blended center, which is more of a, I guess, glorified internet cafe. And after a couple years of building stable clients and some capital, I rented space and paid for the equipment, furniture, and server room to build out 150 seats. And then after a period of time of renting space, I took all that equipment and expanded and built a 300 seat capacity center. So as much as I want to tell you a shortcut or a cracked code in regards to making it fast, a lot of it, my friend, is the old fable of the tortoise and the hare. Slow and steady, watch your step, be conservative, take certain risks, but calculated risks. And if you surround yourself with amazing people to give you a foundation to grow, within favor by all means, there's no reason why the odds wouldn't be in your favor. I love that. I really love that. There is so much that we look at life in and try to put ourselves in this box because people don't like to think outside the box. Most times they're, they're comfortable with the now, but they don't really think about the future. So if you thought about this, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, where do you see yourself now in another 20 years from now, from where you are when it comes to that impulse control? Well, it's very easy. I'd like to write children's books. Mm. So I definitely see doing something like that. But I tell you what, that old 18-year-old back in the day in Philadelphia is very true to myself. Sometimes you're given opinions and people put pressure on you to take certain careers. I did not go to Ivy League. I didn't study law or medicine. Imagine taking the chance and studying humanities and being a communication major, which some people say is a fun major in college. Well, it definitely was. <laughs> but it also prepares you for public speaking like you're doing, Faber. Yeah. It gives you a chance to study controlled focus groups on the sort of reactions people have on actions and communication. And so what it really did, my good friend, was was enabled me to build my self-confidence and self-reliance. So in college, I interned for Telemundo. I did a lot of work there on television and, and public speaking. And so these are the sort of things that you gain momentum. And what it does is instead of being nervous about something new, you should always be on your toes. Mm -hmm. But you can always fall back on your experience and all the times that you won. And so if anything of nothing, use that in order to give you some sort of positive reinforcement, mm -hmm. you know, to put your chin up, shoulders back and chest out and, and really represent yourself in the best light. I love that. I really, really love that. You know, one of the things that also um, strikes my attention when you talked about this is interpersonal soft skills like there's the hard skills we know about and there's also the soft skills could we touch a little bit on the soft skills part and maybe a little bit on the hard skills on how somebody can improve that because not everybody has a chance to go back to school and learn communication but they have a chance to improve on themselves from where they are currently so how does someone manage their hard and soft skills for better soft landing if that makes sense 
No, my good friend, that's a very delicate subject. You almost have to take it on a case-by-case basis, depending on the situation. Yeah. But let's just pretend that you and I have been friends for 20 years. And we need to sit down and have a serious conversation over working together business or a Thanksgiving dinner, or even some sort of marriage between two people. I always believe that authenticity and sincerity work the best because you're consistent. Because if you try to be something else, you're going to get caught and then it's going to ruin anything. I'm always engaged in extremely attentive, active listening. Because there's a very good chance you're going to tell me something to clarify a misconception or something that I believe could be true, could be way off base. Mm. <laughs> and instead of showing my card, somebody could explain it to me that I, I just might have not been focused at that moment. I believe that people should be given the luxury of time. Unless there is a sense of urgency, the greatest thing you and I can do favor is to sleep on it, write a draft, not send it, work out in the gym, take a walk, and then the following day there's a very good chance when the dust settles that you and I can readjust our tone and find the priorities. There's never a rush. It depends on how important the relationship is to somebody. And I think that if you speak second, there's a very good chance a lot of your questions will be answered for you. But it's very important to give the person time and to show them respect. But here's something, my friend, if someone is is confronting you in an aggressive way, face to face, let's just say, I believe in there's two types of people. You have energy givers and energy suckers. When it's a good friend and you look in their eyes, all it's doing is filling your tank with happiness. But there's also the Medusa stare, you know, that can turn you to stone and kill you. Yeah. And so I think if somebody is really laying out on you and you got to take it, mm-hmm. the best thing is to do is to look at them in the unibrow section, right in between their eyes. Gives the impression that you're looking at them, still tilt your head and not do your facial expressions. It's not going to suck the energy out of you. Mm-hmm. And it'll give you a chance to find your composure, breathe. And when it's ready to send something back to someone, could possibly once again capture the negative tone do a name drop maybe acknowledge that it was an excellent question repeating the question to show active listening and then sending it back to them in a positive way in fact that's one of the techniques that i talk about my friend Mm. it's called the buffer boomerang technique it's strategic it's diplomatic it's not lying it's just being in the moment and think of it as a boxer you're just really focusing on a 30 second to a two minute interaction in order to clarify and put it to bed and move forward that's all you need to do and if you have that you'll have balance and focus structure on your conversations that's a good one i like that buff buffer boomerang that you mentioned because I told you I was going to bring you some good stuff today yeah I love that you know it also shows that there's a lot of strategy involved when it comes to communication because if you ask a question how do you get that response back and that also comes in in line with like gamification because when you think about expressing yourself there's sometimes people like to express themselves and then they use that expression in a different form and that form mm-hmm. could be, <clears throat> I'm thinking, I'm thinking, a form could be a poll, a survey, you know, a review, uh, a question, maybe a, uh, a tap in, you know, what do you think about this? And then your, your feedback really helps someone understand it. But 
sometimes people are afraid of giving feedback because they don't know what the other person may think and they would rather reserve that information to themselves so how do you get it out of someone when that is the most important asset for something that they're trying to consider going forward fear is a morbid anticipation of something that hasn't happened yet hey favor if i have some mustard on my face my man you better tell me <laughs> i don't want to find out through somebody else right so i think if, if you really care about somebody's balance you'll hold their bike until they get their balance and then you let go and a real friend is somebody that calls the balls and the strikes, the good and the bad. That's when you know you have a real friend with you. They tell you you don't have enough gas money to get home. You don't want to run out of gas. That's a real friend. And so for someone like myself, I like to put things in perspective. I believe that if you learn a second language, it's 10 times harder than any, any sort of telemarketing project I can put you on. But you were mentioning vocabulary earlier, and you do have an extensive vocabulary. I listen to a bunch of your shows. I love the thesaurus because if you have a writing block, it can give you additional similes. And also, we were talking about earlier expressions. I believe that expressions could be adjusted. For an example, instead of saying, I am, um, instead of saying, I prefer words like guide, assist, and lend a hand. Same message, different delivery, but it could be less of an impact on someone's ego. And instead of telling someone, excuse me, what did you say? It's for my clarification, for my edification. These are some of the bedside manner, soft skills, swords that you would say we fall upon in order for us to make sure conversations move forward, not to offend somebody. And even if a dog's barking in the background, bad cell connection, that's our issue. I don't want you upset at all. And if a dog is barking, I do love dogs. I'll ask the dog's name, what breed it is, and inadvertently and passive-aggressively favor what I'm doing is letting you know the dog is killing the call and to please put it outside. And so you and I have these very attentive, astute, soft skills where we can be in the moment, we can readjust ourselves for grip and for balance mm -hmm. and use whatever props that we have around us at that moment to be in the moment and actually it shows more authenticity you're more of a painting instead of a print favor because you are asking about the dog you are complimenting the wife that passed the phone call to you to be able to speak to somebody you're you're really showing the extra effort on the way that you and i were raised by our family which i think initially my friend will separate us from anybody else that's bidding for their business 100 percent I love what you said about the painting and print because the painting is a blank canvas you can do it on but print is more so like you have to edit it but you can't erase you have to add on so there's so much that goes into that and for entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who need help with negotiation because that's usually a big part of you know closing deals whether you're in real estate or you're in business when people talk, how, what would you say the ratio, I mean, it's definitely dependent on the conversation, but if there's an average listen to speaking ratio, what would that be and why? Depends on the portion of the call. If you think about a simple English composition, you have an introduction, a body and a conclusion. I think there's a give and take in the intro and a give and take in the conclusion. But in that body of the calls, I mentioned before, it should almost be a two for one, if not a 70-30, where you let the client speak. 
You ask open-ended questions to guide the call like a rudder to a ship. And there's a very good chance you're going to save time, eliminate things that aren't important, and focus on areas in which could assist you in increasing your odds of continuing the conversation, reducing any sort of rebuttals, and just by default, getting the account because there's nothing else to kill the deal. But I do believe in due diligence. It's very important not to memorize the company culture, but if there is an anniversary, multiple locations, or some sort of imagery that you can see to be able to show you what a company is about, that might make a difference. Let, let me give you an example. I get phone calls all the time and I entertain them because I love phone calls. It's very rare, probably about 20%, when someone will say Richard Blank or Mr. Blank compared to just Sir. So they're not even researching my company. You just gotta Google me or go to my website. I'm right there. But if someone mentions my pinball machines or my jukeboxes, you get a, you get free three minutes. It's almost like recess. You can do whatever you want. It's yours to lose. You can buy another time if you're good. I'll keep giving you time. But I will literally give you that time to introduce yourself, pitch your product, ask me any question you want. Because you just show that that extra interest on what you know I love. <laughs> and so uh, to me, I, I think that you're just really, it's yours to lose. I really mm. want to give you the business. And that's all you needed to do. And um, when I used to do selling for real estate and you get the chance to look at someone's home on the MLS, mm -hmm. you compliment the crown molding or their sport court or their kitchen. And you, and you really take the time to talk about their likes because they're giving you tell signs. They're showing it to you. You're supposed to compliment women's hair, nails, and shoes. Come on, pay attention. And so you can tell when your best friend gets something new. You say, hey, that's an excellent looking watch. Or you can tell when somebody is proud of something. And obviously you take the time to notice it. And my friend, those are the sort of things that I can tell the same story five times, 10 years from now. And when the client speaks with me, they know what they get. There's no surprises. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what, when I compliment half the people that pick up the phone before transferring to you, I say it verbally and I do it in writing. And when I call your company back, I get a hero's welcome. So all that really does favors takes me from a half court to a foul line shooting percentage. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think that also helps a lot of people to know what kind of steps they need to take in their business, in their life, and also what kind of support are they giving the people they're connecting with. Because when you talk to people, it's based on customer acquisition, of course, and then customer retention, which comes with the customer support. And that customer service you give people determines whether they're going to come back or not like you know with chick-fil-a they always say my pleasure because you know what that means <laughs> if you hear my pleasure you know you don't even need to say the word or the brand to know where that's coming from so if people want to create that kind of i won't call it gamification but i'll call it representation or that mantra how does someone do it consistently like you said five times over 10 years and keep doing it without sounding redundant 
I look at it many different ways. First is if you can't master this level, how are you going to get to the next one? Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, you should always be looking for ways, A, to keep yourself stimulated, B, not act the fool, and C, it's almost like a bartender that can flip a bottle before serving the drink. It's still a delivery, but a different message. Yeah. And so maybe my suggestions would be, instead of saying sir or ma'am, to use people's last names, okay? I think that when you repeat information back to them, I mentioned earlier about active listening, people like that sort of stuff. They, and I'm gonna even go even more old school. Some people like meeting minutes. So if you and I have a 20 minute meeting about working together, and me flying to Georgia and us building a company, when we hang up the phone, I'm gonna send you the 10 things we spoke about. Why, it's not like it's third grade homework, no. It's accountability, it's a checkoff list. And it's just an excellent way for people to delegate who has which responsibility mm -hmm. in order to hit your targets. And so most people compliment the fact that we take such extensive copious notes and do meeting minutes because sometimes people forget. They thought it was Thursday, we knew it was Wednesday, and we confirmed it two weeks ago. And so there's a very good chance it has saved. It's, you know what that is? Favor, it's a prevention instead of a cure. Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe that if your audience can think about 10 things that they can do if the lights and the internet get turned off, like how to take notes, how to listen, how to smile, how to do certain body language, even writing in cursive. Yeah. These are the sort of things at least will separate you from others prior to any sort of contract. And I think we'll at least be the shiny object that they will be looking at a little bit more before making an educated final decision. That is true. That is so true. Wow. I feel like there's a lot of active versus passive listening that people are going to do. Because when people listen to podcasts, they're actively doing something or passively doing something. So whether you're active or passive, this message is definitely for you because I know that listening to this over and over again will help you understand and how to restructure your messaging, your delivery, and your performance overall, which is really the point of the conversation we're having here today. So this has been a great, great, great conversation. And I know a lot of people would love to connect with you. You know, wherever you are in the world, I know you may want to give a call or send an email or just say thank you for, for being here. You know, that's that's really the least you could do. So if they have those options available, what would those options be? Well, David, they can buy a first class plane ticket and come visit me here in Costa Rica. That's option number one. But number two, I, I encourage them to look up my Facebook fan page, Costa Rica's Call Center. We have 105 local Costa Rican Ticos there, and it will give your audience a solid pulse on the business process outsourcing industry in Central America. When this goes live, imagine the thousands of new fans you'll have. Now, real quick for your audience, we're north of Panama, south of Nicaragua. But the only democratic society in Central America, there's no standing army here. So they put all that money back into education. There is a 95% literacy rate here. You have the best infrastructure in Central America. We're also known for ecotourism. Companies such as Amazon, HP, Intel, and Oracle are here. 
and also medical tourism. But if you love surfing and zip lining, waterfalls, butterflies, iguanas, and monkeys, this is definitely the place to be. And I got a thousand suggestions for you. So hopefully the next podcast we do favor is going to be here in Costa Rica. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would love to do that. I've never been. And that's also definitely something I would love to experience because you have to travel the world. You can't be in one place all the time. You will never know what the world is because you're living in your own bubble. Hey, collect moss. You got to be a rolling stone. You know that. Exactly. <laughs> I love that analogy. That's a good one. That's a good one. Wow. Thank you so much. So, so, so much, Richard, for being on the show today and joining the We Don't Play podcast show and definitely we'll bring you back here as you said you know god willing so that you can just tell us more about you know the experiences you've had and you might have motivated someone to go to costa rica because they probably never heard of it the way you just explained it so it's a good feeling and i love the way the podcast just takes its own route so thank you so much i really enjoyed my time with you today and your amazing audience thank you thank you so much i appreciate you until we meet again We'll definitely speak again, but bye for now, and definitely we appreciate you. Thank you.